0: Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking. Hello, my name is Alex Mason, and I am your host. I'm a first-year student at Cornell University, getting my MBA, pivoting to investment banking, just trying to get it, just trying to live life. And I'm here. I'm here for you, trying to help you get better and better every day at this investment banking process whether we're talking about the technical things or whether we're talking about the behavioral things or industry specific things i'm here as a resource for you so thank you so much for joining me and listening today we're talking about behaviorals i just laid the groundwork in the last episode talking about the fact that there's this magic ingredient that you can bring to your behavioral interviews and it's charisma It's charisma, not charisma in this kind of cheesy, super shiny, galvanized way that people may think of, but charisma in the sense of being your truest, authentic self and just bringing your positive energy into that interview and into the workplace to to truly have your highest level of contribution that you can. Because when you come from that place, people sense it and good things happen from there. So if you have that mindset and have that energy, that's paramount. But today we're gonna talk about something a little bit different. I wanna talk to you today about how to approach behavioral questions. How do you approach behavioral questions? Now, when we talk about technical questions as the first 150 or so episodes of this show have demonstrated, the technical questions are really there to prove your competence. That's really what they're there for, proving industry-level competence. Uh, Because if you don't understand what WAC is, if you don't understand how to describe the basics of what a DCF model is for, and what the components of it are, then, you know, maybe you're not ready yet. Maybe you're not ready yet. That's why you're being asked those questions in interviews is because they want to know how serious you are, and the level of dedication that you have put forth in order to understand those technical concepts. That's what those questions are for. Now, Behavioral questions are a little bit different. Remember what the interviewer is looking for when they're asking you these questions. They're looking to see if you're the type of person that they want to work with. Are you the type of person that fits in with the culture of their firm, right? Are are you able to be the type of person that just fits right in, or are you kind of not really that much of a fit? That's really what behavioral questions are for. So there's a couple of ways that behavioral questions help determine this. Number one is just through your energy. I mean, we talked about this. Is someone able to be up with you at 2 a.m. working on a project and be happy about it based on the energy that you're giving off? Because if you're giving off this kind of negative, low vibe energy in the interview and it's 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, the interviewer may be thinking, man, if they're if they're like this now, how are they going to be when we're super stressed, we got a tight deadline, and it's 3 a.m., right? Like, <laughs> do they want to be around someone like that? The answer is definitely a no. So your energy is definitely important. Another thing is your competence. Competence, we've talked about this, particularly in the realm of how it applies to technical questions in the technical portion of the interview, but it also applies to behaviorals, too. Your competence comes into play here too. They really want to know, do you know what you're talking about? And can I trust you? Can I trust you? It's not just about the fact that you know what a good answer is to these behavioral questions. You might have memorized your story a million times. You have to communicate this answer, whatever it is in a clear and engaging way. And this is where a lot of people mess up. I've seen it time and time again. I've messed up in this realm many times (laughs) over the years, but I've gotten better at it. You see, a lot of people, they know their life and their stories really well, but they struggle to grab the other person's attention and elaborate in a way that is persuasive. This is a skill that is learned. And if you don't have this skill, you can learn it. And I implore you to work on this because it's just super important. I mean, you may hear some people say like, practice your pitch, practice your pitch over and over. Well, yes, practicing your pitch over and over is a great first step, but you've got to go beyond that. You've got to be able to tell stories in a way that's engaging because if you just are spouting off something that you memorize by repeating it 50 times, people are going to be able to tell and they might just tune out. Okay. Now, all the aspects of storytelling, it's beyond really the scope of this podcast. I'm not going to get into it too deeply, although I I am a storyteller. I have more to say about it, but I can tell you that it's very important. And I mentioned this briefly in the prior episode, you got to have a structure for your stories. Don't just start spouting off facts about you did this at this job, or you were worked at this location. And you know, you were on this sports team, and you liked it, like, there's all sorts of random facts that you could kind of spout off. Don't do that, have a structure to your stories. And the basic way that you can impose structure on your stories is through a very simple three part framework. Number one, you have the setup. Number two, you have the action. And number three, you have the result setup, action, and then result. So if you get asked a question, then you know how to answer it and in what order to answer it. You don't want to take too long on any of these three parts, because you want to tell a story that's cohesive and complete. If you take too long with your setup, then like you're going to bore people, right? So just set things up to set a little bit of context, then get into what you actually did. And then, Also, this is also where people mess up. They'll do the setup, and then they'll do the action, and then they'll stop. Like, no, we want to find out what happened as a result of your actions. So setup, action, result. Now, I'll give you a quick example here, and then we're going to get into more examples in future episodes. But one example of a question is, when have you had trouble with a team member, and how did you address it? Okay, when have I had trouble with a team member, and how did I address it? Well, uh, a few years ago, I was working on a team in my engineering team and I had a group project and I was working with one engineer and we were working well together. We had a good working relationship, but it came to light in the process of working on this specific task that this engineers work on a certain part of the deliverable was just not very good. Specifically, we were working on a slide deck and their design skills were just really rough. However, I noticed that this team member had a really good strength with analytics and there was an analytics portion component of the deliverable. So I approached the team member and suggested that we switch roles, that they switch to do some of the more analytical work. And then I would work on the design because I have a good background in design. And that way we would be able to deliver a better product overall to management. Ultimately, what happened is that they agreed on this plan They played to their strengths and I played to mine and we ended up coming together with a cohesive work product and management was very happy with the results. Okay, there you go. That's an example of a story right there. That is the setup, the action, the result, the setup. I told you a little bit of context. I told you I was working on a team. I was working with a team member on a deliverable. We were working on some kind of slide deck and there was a problem, right? There's always got to be like, there's some kind of problem, right? If there's conflict, then it needs to be resolved. So then I had the action, which is I approached a team member and based on my observations about their strengths, I made a suggestion. The result was that the team member accepted my suggestion. We worked better together and management was happy with the final product. That's the result. So remember, set up action result. You can use this over and over again with so many different types of behavioral questions. It's basically storytelling in a short format. So remember that. I hope that's helpful. One last comment I want to make about how to approach behaviorals. Never forget that at the end of the interview or at some point in the interview, don't forget this is a prime time for you to better understand the bank as well as their culture. Specifically, what I mean is as they're asking you questions, behavioral questions, try to understand specifically what they're asking you And also understand the way that they're asking you those questions, because those two things might tell you a lot about who these people are that you're potentially going to be working with. For example, do they ask any behaviorals at all? Some firms may lean super heavily on technical questions and not that much on behaviorals. What does that say? Well, the bank is probably very technical and they're going to expect you to be at that kind of end of the spectrum, too. Another thing, maybe they focus more on your leadership abilities. Maybe they're focusing questions more around your teamwork, or maybe there's a good mix of different attributes they're asking about. What they emphasize is a clue as to how they are with each other, which is literally their culture of the firm, and how they would expect you to behave in a similar context. Never forget, it's not just the banks interviewing you, you're also interviewing the banks. Okay? So that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. I hope that was just a lot of value for you today, talking about how to approach behaviorals, the framework for telling stories, and just remember, keep that energy up, keep your vibrations up. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? People can sense that, okay? So That's what I got for you today. Next, we're going to get into specific behavioral questions, similar in structure to how we tackled the technicals, the basic technicals, and we're just going to get after it and go after these behaviorals. Are you ready? All right. I'll see you next time.